If you'd like to tent camp, consider booking a stay with us. Just search for Arcadia Off-Grid Experience on HipCamp. Bring your own tent or use ours. We can even help set up your campsite for you. Forget an essential item? We have you covered. Like campfires, but have no idea how to get a fire started? We'll help. We're located in northern Arkansas, about halfway between Little Rock and Branson. Arcadia Off-Grid Experience is an inexpensive way to experience this part of the Ozarks. Whether you're looking for a small, intimate campsite overlooking a waterfall or a campsite big enough for multiple families, we can accommodate you. Log into Hip Camp and book your stay today. We'd love to see you here. From the Gray Homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. Hello, my name is Richard. I am an anarchist. This is my podcast. I do call it Front Porch Anarchist. Front Porch because... It's like a conversation that we could be having on our front porch. And the front porch is where I came up with the idea for the podcast. Anarchast, because it's a podcast. It's about anarchy. Put the two words together. You get anarchast. Seems pretty simple to me. As I mentioned, I am an anarchist. I like to consider myself an unhyphenated anarchist. In fact, I've decided to start calling myself on social media the unhyphenated anarchist because I've been dealing with some people online who they claim to be anarchists, but they put some kind of qualifier in there like an anarcho-capitalist or an anarcho-communist or they use the word anarchism. Or then they want to force mutual aid onto people. I've talked about unhyphenated anarchy in at least one previous episode of the podcast. Don't ask me which episode. Pretty sure, though, it says unhyphenated anarchy or anarchist. But just recently, it's really been uh, grinding my gears when I see people talking about some form of economic system to go along with their anarchy that that they would force onto other people or uh, force people to or or keep people from or prohibit people from owning property and you know I just I, I can't buy in to all that it sounds like statism with extra steps You know, if you're going to try to force somebody, if you're going to prohibit somebody from trading freely with someone else, you're not an anarchist. You're you're something else. It's not an anarchist, but it's going to require it's going to require at least a collective or a group of people to prohibit me as a free person from trading some rocks to somebody for a pound of rice or something. I don't understand that. And then you could just. you know, just to um, extrapolate that out to its uh, 
logical end there. You know, what's what's the difference between me making cars and selling those? Why, why can't I do that? If I can trade rocks for rice or if I can trade eggs for wheat, why can't I build a car and sell that? I doesn't make any sense to me why people want to try to mix up economic terms or social terms in with their anarchy. If you're an anarchist, you're an anarchist. If you're, you know, if you're going to be a statist, just own up to to being a statist, right? Oh, um, I'm not going to make this episode all about unhyphenated anarchy, though. I just wanted to throw that out there just because it's been on my mind quite a bit lately. So look for my, uh, you can look for me on social media as the unhyphenated anarchist. So if you see that pop up, hey, it's me from Front Porch Anarchist. Maybe I can lure some new listeners over here. Because that's that's my goal with the podcast, is to make anarchy a little less scary for those of you who who are looking for something else. You know there's something more than the uh, traditional American governmental construct. There, you know there's something different. And I'm not going to appeal, I'm sure that the podcast doesn't appeal to the hardcore anarchist because it's like preaching to the choir. Unless you, you know, you just want to listen to somebody who who gets you. I, I get the average anarchist, right? I don't get the people who are trying to burn down Starbucks or they think that rent is theft or that kind of thing. And, and you know, that you, it must be stamped out. Hey, man, just do you. Let me do me. And, uh, you know, just leave each other alone to be free. How about that? But I don't want to spend the whole episode on that. I've got got many other things on my mind. I have uh, I've made the Great Resignation. Uh, I've joined the Great Resignation. So there's that that I would like to talk about. There are other podcasts I'd like to talk about. There are some uh, eh, a couple of current events. And the only reason I even know that they're current events is because every now and then I have to go into civilization and and see what's going on but but maybe I should just start with my great my my part in the great resignation I did leave my job I've worked basically for 20 or so years in the same industry working for corporate America I've rubbed elbows with big wigs in some very large companies and and uh, you know expense accounts and flying here and there and district meetings and uh, regional meetings and territory meetings and and uh, it's you know I've I've done that I'm I'm frankly I'm tired of it but what else am I going to do right because I started that career when I really didn't I did not embrace the ideas of uh, of freedom I was I was a full-fledged statist I guess and that I believed uh, that government was right most of the time and, you know, wanted to punish people who were breaking the law. No matter what the law was, if they were breaking the law, let's let's um, punish those people and, you know, don't let people across the borders illegally and, and 
man, I had some wild ideas of how to keep people from getting across the border. And, but, you know, after spending a lot of time in, in corporate America and seeing the way things go, how they're ran and living in some, you know, I've lived in some big cities. I may have brought this up before, but I've lived in, I lived in New Orleans and I don't mean I lived on the outskirts of New Orleans. I mean, I lived on St. Charles Avenue. Um, I just walk right out the front door of the apartment building. It was actually a, a senior care living facility that I had an apartment in. But I mean, I could go right out of that, jump onto the streetcar, and I'm on Bourbon Street in just you know a matter of minutes. Talk about some culture. You can get some culture there. It might not be the kind of culture you want, but I, so I've lived there. I, I lived in uh, outside of Tampa for a while. And worked all around the Tampa area, all the way down the uh, the Gold Coast there from Tampa, Newport Ritchie, all the way down to uh, Naples. I lived in Atlanta for like five years and worked all over the Atlanta metro area there. You know, I've, I've got around, I've seen some things and... I just wanted to get out of that rat race and move to a little cabin in the woods. And that's exactly what I did. And I was there or here. I was there for, for a while and we decided we'd start having babies. And my partner was fired from her job because she wouldn't take a jab. And believe it or not, this was in 2014, I think, 2013, 2014. She wouldn't take a jab. Then she was not a medical professional. She was, she, she did work in a medical facility, but you know, she was a paper pusher, but she was uh, given the ultimatum to get jabbed or, uh, or get gone. So um, she got gone and we had to move back into town where I could get a job doing the thing that I'm good at. So we raised, well, we had three kids. And now that the little one's big enough that I don't think we have to worry about a rattlesnake trying to eat her. Uh, we've moved back to the woods, resigned once again from a different company doing the same thing. But we moved back to our little cabin in the woods. Kids are happy with it. We're happy with it. I'm closer to my mom. Um, she's getting, uh, you know, she's she's getting on up there in age, and she has some health problems, but you know, she's still quite the free spirit, and she enjoys the time with us. At the same time, she enjoys being away from us for a while. Did I mention I have three kids? I have a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And sometimes I get it; they can be a handful. But anyway, uh, we have moved back to the woods. We are, um, we're off grid. I am, I, I cut wood for heating and, and cooking. We catch our water. I spent part of today making sure that our water catchment was, was ready to go tomorrow. I have to, uh, it's supposed to rain tonight. If it does, then after the water clears up tomorrow, I'll uh, run the catchment hose into the um, storage tanks and we'll start catching that water again 
we have two 300 gallon tanks i think yeah they're about 300 gallons each got to keep those things topped up with uh you know with all the dishwashing and cleaning that we have to do with the kids and all and you know it's it's tough um i spent new year's new year's day cutting wood and so i had all this trouble with my chainsaw wasn't cutting right it's an old chainsaw i i got it man i just looked at 2013 i think is when i bought this chainsaw and it's been a good one it's a husqvarna always starts right up um you know i can't complain about that but it progressively getting where it just cuts worse and worse takes longer to make a cut and the you know, I knew something was up with the chain on it because the, the the sawdust was real fine. And like I said, it just took forever. So I um, invested in a new chain. Makes all the difference in the world, guys. If you're using a chainsaw, I'm, I mean, I've been sharpening this thing, but evidently I wasn't doing it right. I think I'm going to see if I can find some sort of a file guide. Uh, kind of automate the process and take out the guesswork because if you're having if you're having chainsaw problems it, your chainsaw is not cutting good but it's running well then uh, just change the chain out it was a $27 fix and and anyway I can I can cut wood man I cut wood all day on New Year's Day with eight ounces of gas eight ounces of, of gas mixed with two cycle oil and I cut wood all day long. I mean, I cut, I cut enough. It's, well, we're not even halfway through what I cut. And here it is the uh, middle of January. And, you know, we got down to a, a, well, I had, I was cutting it on New Year's Day because we had really depleted the wood pile. It had the end of December. Yeah, around Christmas, it got down to seven, six degrees below zero here, below zero degrees Fahrenheit, which is really cold. And, you know, so we, man, I, we depleted that, that wood pile. So the kids and my better half, they all went to her mother's for a um, Christmas celebration, get together kind of thing that was about a week late. And I stayed home because it was really nice. You know, it was like 55, 60 degrees. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating. I was sweating while I was doing this, cutting this wood. But at the same time, um, that I'm cutting this wood, I'm listening to these podcasts. And I listen to a lot of podcasts because where we're at, there is no cell signal. If I want cell signal, it's about a quarter mile up the hill for me to get any sort of a, if I want to make a call, I have to go about a quarter of a mile up the hill, which uh, that the road is like a 45 degree angle, right? Going up it. It's steep and it's tough to walk up it and it doesn't make a lot of sense to try to drive up it since it's, you know, like I said, it's a quarter of a mile up there and it, it's more trouble to try to get my truck started. It's a diesel. So it just makes more sense to just walk up the hill and basically when I'm here by myself, I'll make that trip once a day and call my family and let them know I'm still alive and everything. But when I'm in town, when I have access to um, to an internet signal of some sort, uh, Wi-Fi or uh, just my cell phone, 
I'll download podcasts. I I use Google Podcasts and I like audio dramas and I a wide variety of those and I'll listen I do listen to liberty minded podcasts and thank goodness that Free Talk Live has gone back to publishing their entire radio show as a podcast because for a while they were doing it as digest and it was just a they would just do an hour of it. And I'm like, man, come on. This, you know, this is a, a two hour show, but I'm only getting an hour of it. And, you know, I go into town once a week and, you know, I could either get seven hours of podcasts or I can get 14 hours of podcasts just from them. I'd rather have the 14 hour uh, worth of podcast. It makes time go by a lot faster if I'm, if I get to listen to those. It, it makes my when I'm doing my chores and such, it makes the time go by a lot faster if I have some kind of background noise going on. So when I get into town where I have a signal every now and then, I will um, make sure that I download a lot of podcasts. Makes sense, right? I I can't do much else than listen to that. The radio is uh, crap. Uh, there's, I mean, the car radio is fine, but any other kind of like a handheld radio just sucks um, around here. And there's no TV. There's, we did try using a TV with a um, broadcast antenna for a while. We picked up a couple of stations out of Springfield, I think. At least one station out of Springfield, maybe two. I think it was like a NBC and CBS or something like that but you know how much of the voice or or uh, america's got talent or the bachelor or whatever how much of that can you watch me zero i can't watch any of that it's just not my thing so so i listen to podcasts and right now i'm really into um, i know this is going to sound silly if you've never listened to the scp Universe. If you've never gotten into the SCP, it stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. Think X-Files on steroids, right? And it can be anything from funny to to just, uh, just disgusting stories. And people submit these stories and then they, it gets upvoted, downvoted. I don't know how all that works because all I do is read them. I don't submit them. But then they, they, they're assigned a number, so it would be like SCP-1010, and that's going to be one one story, right? It's really good stuff, and it's, it's all open source. You can do what you want to with it. It's, um, it, it's very entertaining. So a lot of – I say a lot. I don't know. I'm, I'm sub, I've subscribed to three, four, five podcasts – that do nothing but read these or perform these SCPs. They'll take they'll take a um, one of these stories and either just read it, or they will dissect it and talk about it, or they will uh, go full fledged like voice actors and sounds. I, on YouTube, I have seen them do movies, little short movies on these things, and it, it's really good. It's entertaining. And, you know, it's a good way to kill 30 minutes or 
45 minutes or sometimes four hours. You know, you might get one that lasts four hours long. That's four hours long. That's uh, SCP. The SCP universe is uh, is one of the things I'm into. There's the SCP archives and SCP unredacted. There's uh, I wish I could think of all the different ones. Hold on a second here and let me just look under podcasts. There is secure, contain, protect. It just by echo echo is what it says. Here's one called the SCP Foundation Database. This one is just called Unredacted. Oh, here's another one. This one is a really good one. The SCP Experience Podcast. That guy does, uh, he does some other ones too. He does Dr. No Sleep. And it's just horror stories. Let's see. Exploring the SCP Foundation. That's a good one. That guy does quite a few different exploring where he explores different different universes. And, you know, those are just some of the SCPs that I listen to, um, SCP podcasts that I listen to. Here's a podcast from, uh, it's called the Keith, Keith Knight. Um, it just says Keith Knight. Don't tread on anyone. Um, I listen to that one. There's a couple here. Lately, I've been listening to this Adrenaline podcast. It's from Realm, and they take some of their stories and put them all on this one channel. It's kind of like a preview, I think. I like it so far, so good. Um, as far as the the liberty-minded things, I do listen to Rebel with a Cause. Let's see. If you can't tell, I don't. I don't really. I don't. I listen to these, but I couldn't really tell you who who's who here. Here's one called Thriving the Future Podcast. I listened to that one. And Anarchist Conversation is another one that I do listen to. And then there's, I mean, there's just a lot of just other audio dramas that I'm trying out. Every now and then I'll download a an episode, a um like the top of the hour news that you get from NPR or Fox or something like that. Every now and then I'll download one of those just because, and, uh, you should hear some of those, the NPR ones just, uh, sometimes they'll really get my goat. Maybe I can play one right here or maybe not, but yeah, I just listen to, to, to those. I also listen to a lot of homesteading and prepper kind of things. Here's one called plans and provisions. There's another one called farmish kind of life. Here's one called Old Fashioned On Purpose. Oh, Dark Heights is another one of the audio dramas that I listen to. Tall Tale TV is another one. Stellar Firma. I just started listening to that one. That one's kind of kind of strange. I'm not really sure I'm going to keep going with that. There's one called The Survival Show. Not to be con, uh, confused with The Survival Podcast. I used to listen to The Survival Podcast. doesn't really float my boat anymore. Honestly, I couldn't tell you if it does or not. I haven't listened to it in such a long time. But last I listened to uh, Jack Spirico, he was, I don't like, he was creating some kind of a kingdom in Texas or something. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of thought that was a little on the weird side. But I like being, you know, I like doing my own thing, and that just kind of sounded the whole thing kind of sounded weird to me. So um, he was spending to me. It was spending a lot of time on that and 
I don't know. There was a couple of other things he had said, and I just, I don't know, fell out of that one. Uh, here's another one. Oh, I'm, I haven't even listened to this one yet. I just found it. And I don't know, maybe it's been around a while. I guess it has. Here's one from June 16th of 2022 that I have to get around to listening to. It's called Who Moved My Freedom Podcast by Hank Strange. So anyway, that's just kind of a uh, a few of the podcasts I listen to. And, you know, just makes the time go by. And it's, it's something to do. My son's got where he wants to listen to these SCPs with me. And sometimes I screen them first because, I mean, they can be horrible, right? I mean... You have no idea how horrible some of these can be. Some are just funny, and some never have anything objectable in them, objectionable in them, but some of those can be downright disgusting. So I try to try to filter those out for him and let him listen to, uh, to those when I can. But you know what else am I going to do up here? I can't listen to the radio, but... Okay, so anyway, on New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day, I was cutting wood, I was listening to these. If you've never listened to Old Gods of Appalachia, it's really good. I, I, My hat's off to those people. I mean, I think in this the last episode I listened to, the guy at the end of it, the, the guy who does it, you know, he's like, man, I can't even imagine, you know, I could never have imagined that this was going to go over like it has. Uh, he said he was a he had been a software designer and maybe a teacher or something. But, you know, he said that the support that they've gotten from this is, you know, this is all they do now. This is the the podcast and and everything about the podcast. That's all they do. Good for this guy, because his show is phenomenal. Old Gods of Appalachia, though, the, the storylines, the, the stories themselves are great. And the storytelling in them is really great. And, you know, it can go from him doing every one man reading every part to uh, sometimes having, you know, multiple people reading different different parts and, and such. But it's just it's really a good show. And then he, they they have these um, the intro music and then the, the music they play at the end of it. And sometimes they'll have music in the middle of it. And it goes right along with the with the theme of it, which is um, well Appalachia, and but it it's like the dark side, like paranormal kind of things that might have been going on, and and you talk about X Files on steroids. Now this is you know this is pretty dark stuff sometimes. It, it's just it's really it, it's really good. There's a lot of referencing. Uh, like from the uh, 30s and the 40s, that kind of thing. So you get a lot of the the coal mining and the company town kind of thing. And one of the songs uh, that that gets played during the during the podcast says something about a pound of a pound of flesh for a ton of coal. And that always makes me think about the song 16 Tons. And we used to have to sing that in choir in high school. Don't even get me started on choir in high school. But anyway, we're singing 16 tons, right? So I have an idea what that is. And they're talking about the company store. And I'm listening to Old Gods of Appalachia while I'm cutting <laughs> while I'm cutting wood and, you know, kind of bitching under my breath because I'm having to to work on New Year's Day 
by carrying this wood. First of all, I had to cut it, and I cut it in these sections that are like, I don't know, four feet long, three and a half, four feet long, so that I don't have to make as many trips to my to my truck. Then when I get them home, then I'll cut them up into smaller pieces, right? So I can put them in the stove. But I'm so I'm I'm lugging these things around after I, you know, after I cut for an hour or so. Then I'm lugging these things around to the truck, and then I have to get the truck out of the out of the woods and up the hill to, you know, and then unload it and, and then cut the wood and then split the wood. So I'm thinking of old gods of Appalachia. I'm thinking of 16 tons. And then this Dr. No sleep guy, he does one of his episodes was about a mining, a mining town and, and the people who worked at the mine. And again, it was kind of like the company town kind of thing. So, you know, it got, it got me to thinking, I'm like, man, here I am New Year's day. I'm cutting wood, working, right? And that's one of the things I always gripe about at my previous jobs is that I I was always working on all the holidays. But I was working for someone else and I was, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to work for anybody else. And so, but here I am on New Year's Day. I'm still working. I'm working for myself. The difference is, is that had I been working for someone else, I'd been making money at it, right? But, all I'm doing that day is cutting wood. Now I'm going to heat with that wood and I cook with that wood. So, you know, what kind of trade-off am I talking here? And it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon for us to have a, uh, when we, before we moved here to have an electricity bill, you know, 150 bucks or 200 bucks. And sometimes it would be, you know, north of that. But on New Year's Day, I cut wood. You know, I cut wood all day long and probably had enough cut in one day to last us for an entire month of heating and cooking. We heated with propane and electricity uh, at the last place. So the propane would have to be figured in differently. But, you know, that was a big chunk of money whenever you had to refill the propane tank. It was like 300 bucks. To me, that was a lot of money. And we'd have to do that once a year. Um, So now we don't have to do that. And there is no electricity bill here at all. We have no, like, because there's no electricity. Now, we do run a generator sometimes, but I can run that generator for, it says six and a half hours. I've ran a lot longer than that uh, before on a half a gallon of gas. And if gas is 289 a gallon, you know, you do the math, uh, 290 $1.45, right? Is that right? I can run the generator basically for a day because there's we have a battery that we charge with the generator. So it's you know, I can I can run it for six hours, seven hours, eight hours, whatever it runs on for half a on half a gallon of gas. And then I don't have to run that generator for three or four days. Because all we do is run the uh, we have two light bulbs in the in the cabin, it's a small cabin, and so we have two light bulbs, and then we have another uh, adjustable light. But they're LED light bulbs; they don't use very much electricity at all. And we just plug an inverter into the battery, and we run that thing. So, I mean, you know, even if I have to recharge the battery every three days, what is that? That's a dollar and forty-five cents <laughs> times times what ten? So for $14.50, uh, I have electricity. 
for an entire month. And, you know, where I was paying sometimes $250 or more for electricity. Uh, living on the grid, which meant I had to work for somebody else uh, for quite a few hours to get the $250 to pay for the electricity. Yeah, I gripe about it sometimes when um, when the inverter starts squawking at me and telling me that it's time to recharge the battery and I have to go outside, pull four times on the on the rope on the generator. It starts up and then I walk into the house and, and unplug one extension cord and plug it into someplace else and voila, I have electricity again. You know, let it run for seven or eight hours, shut it off, and uh, move the extension cords back around, unplug it from one place and plug it into the other. I've got electricity for three days. What's the difference, though, if I'm out here having to cut wood to heat with and to uh, to cook with? I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm... I'm doing the same, I'm spending the same amount of hours to do the same, basically the same thing. Now, we have to, um, I call it making groceries. If you've ever lived down uh, south, like in New Orleans, you would understand that. But, you know, we have to go out and make groceries because, you know, we don't, we can't farm here yet. There's no way to do that. I mean, we live on the side of a mountain. It's you know, it's too steep right now. We're working on terraforming here so that we can get that um, get that down. Our animals are in a different county right now uh, through the generosity of friends and family. We're able to pull this off. Uh, we've been doing some odd jobs and such. Since I joined in this in in the great resignation, we've been trying some different things. We've We've tried uh, some strange things and some normal things. I've, you know, I've been making T-shirts. We've uh, did a few, sold a few decals since uh, since my resignation, my joining of the Great Resignation. We've been uh, scrapping. If you've never been scrapping, that's a man. That's an adventure there. Uh, not scrapbooking, but scrapping. <laughs> and uh, there's a, uh, you know, that that's a fun. You meet some interesting people when you're doing that. Um, what else have we done? We sold the, the herb salts one weekend at a um, at an antique store that, that once a month they have like a they let people set up on their parking lot and sell. And we have um, oh yeah, we've been doing the hip camp thing. Well, we've been trying to get the hip camp thing off the ground we started this we wanted to start the hip camp thing last fall but we ended up not starting it until this winter and you know okay who's going to come camping in the winter time right especially since right now all we have are primitive campsites so you know you'd have to bring your own gear you know but if you want to come stay with us for a weekend you can find us on hip camp as arcadia off-grid experience and, uh, you know, we'll make sure that you're safe and have what you need here so that you can survive for the weekend. But, yeah, we've got a really cool campsite in particular. It's uh, It overlooks a waterfall. You know, you can 
fall asleep to the sound of the waterfall in the background, wake up in the morning and you know, build a little fire, have your cup of coffee while you're watching the waterfall. It's up above the waterfall, so you don't have to worry about you know, getting flooded out. It's remote, and it's about halfway between Little Rock and Branson. So it's, you know, not too far off the beaten path, but it is, uh, it's pretty remote. Come stay with us. Just find us on Hip Camp, Arcadia Off-Grid Experience. We're going to open up some other campsites as time and money allow. We just have to clear them off. And we, we hope to get to a point where we have some tiny cabins that are completely off-grid, but, but offer all the conveniences like our cabin does with the running water and such. Maybe generator, maybe not. I don't know. Definitely, uh, you know, definitely have some batteries, uh, battery banks at these uh, little cabins so that, you know, you get the full experience. You get the off-grid living and remoteness, but you don't have to put in the the time or the effort or the money to uh, try to do it on your own. You can just come stay with us for a weekend or a week, you know, something like that. If any of that floats your boat, just be sure to look us up on Hip Camp Arcadia Off-Grid Experience. But I'm, I'm listening to these podcasts about company towns, company stores. You know, it makes me think. I do all this work. I mean, I still have to do physical work, right? I still have to spend time at that. I have to do the odd jobs. I still have to interact with people and get things done that way. I'm not really working for myself. I'm not out here, you know, raising my own sheep and spinning their wool and making clothing out of it. You know, there, there's things, a lot of things right now that I have to go, um, I have to rely on other people to get, and for that, I have to trade some sort of labor to get to that. You know, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking that even when, even when I do all this work for myself, I still have to go somewhere and buy this other stuff. And most of the time, it's at Walmart, and that sucks, right? Because it's like a company store, like in the you know in the song Sixteen Tons. Um, I owe my soul to the company store because the miners would buy stuff from the company store on credit because they didn't have the money and the company store would give them the credit because, well, the company store was probably the only place to buy anything for miles around and they knew that they would end up getting their money back. The, the salary that they were paying this person, the wages they were paying this person, they were going to end up getting that back by selling them things on credit through the company store. And, you know, if you think about it, Walmart is basically the company store, only they're not getting uh, my labor out of this. I'm, they're just getting the, you know, they don't have to deal with trying to find a job for me to do and trying to um, trying to get me to work for them. And they don't have to deal with all that administrative hassle of, you know, working a side business and a company store. They're just the company store. They know I'm going to have to go buy groceries from them. They have the cheapest groceries in town. Um, they have the cheapest shoes in town. They have probably, yeah, uh, I was going to say they have the only shoes in town. There are a couple of other retailers in town. And, you know, I, if I have to go to a hardware store, then I go to a hardware store. If I have to go to a saw shop, I go to a saw shop. But for the most part, anything I make goes goes to Walmart. I even buy my gas at Walmart. 
because it's the cheapest place. So I'm just wondering, is it really any better for me to be working for myself than it would be to uh, to work for somebody else, one of these bigger bigger companies? I, I mean, I think it is because I get to I get to be around my kids more. I don't have the commute, um, you know, and I'm learning a lot of things. Like today, we were hanging sheets of plywood in our kitchen. Uh, we had a we didn't have a ceiling. We had a you know the roof over the house, so you could see the rafters and such. But it makes for a lot of area to have to heat, and when you when you're heating with wood, you know, and you have a smaller wood stove then you need to come up with ways to reduce the amount of area that you need to heat. So we're bringing the ceiling down and you know, it's, um, it's tough to just, it sounds like it ought to be easy just to go hang some sheets of plywood, but you try holding up a sheet of plywood, you know, eight feet off of the, off of the floor and screw it into the, to the, uh, rafters, joists, or whatever they're called, um, trusses. It's, it's tough. So I had to learn a new skill today, and uh, my significant other and I were working on it together, and, you know, I lost my cool a couple of times. For one, I you know, I wasn't real confident in what I was doing. I didn't want her to get hurt, and, you know, because we're miles from, we're miles from anywhere if uh, if we do get hurt. It's not like you can just, you know, run down the street or even run down a couple of blocks and be at a hospital or something. You know, it would be at least half an hour before we could before we could get to uh, any kind of medical attention. Um, that, you know, that's bad enough. But so I do a lot of planning, takes a lot of time, you know, but I'm learning those skills and, you know, hey, I'm doing it off grid, too. It's not like I can just, you know. It's not like I have unlimited electricity. I had to go out and start the generator when I wanted to use the uh, a power drill. I have a battery power drill that does great for most things, and I can just let the battery charge on it when I'm running the generator. But, you know, the battery doesn't last forever, and it's not as powerful as one that, that's, um, that runs off of uh, regular power. So, you know, there was some planning involved in that, and you have to get the kids out of the out of the house there for a while so that you don't have to worry about little ones underneath these sheets of plywood. But, you know, it's tough, but I get to learn these, these newer skills, catching water, you know, it's great when you're living on the grid in town, in a city, or even if you have a well, you know, you, you never even think about water, right? Unless you have a busted pipe or, you get a really expensive bill or, you know, they send out some sort of warning that, you know, a boil order or you wake up. I've had that happen to I wake up when I'm on city water. I wake up and there's just no water. And, you know, it might be off for five minutes or it might be off for a whole day and you just really don't know what's going on. Well, here, if I don't put water in the tanks, I don't have water. And the way we have the we just run the water line over the top of the ground because the the ground is so rocky. I don't see any way we'd have to run the water a couple hundred feet, and I don't see any way to bury the line. So you have to do some planning because in the morning your water is going to be frozen. That's just 
that's just the the way it is so you pay a lot of attention to the to the weather to see you know when it's going to be below freezing and you have to plan accordingly uh, we're going to put a uh, we're going to put a water tank inside the house so that we have you know a backup of 50 gallons or so for those mornings when the uh, when the water line freezes but but yeah, if you don't catch the water, you don't have the water. So I've been, you know, over the years, I've learned ways to uh, to catch the water and and uh, you know to purify the water, that sort of thing. So hey, I don't have a water bill, but if I don't stay on top of it, I don't have water. So again, you know, there's the trade out. You know, I was paying thirty dollars a month for water, didn't really have to worry about the water. Except for the few times that, you know, somebody would cut the line or something else would happen or the water lines would freeze up. So, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I've pretty much got the same thing I had there when I was living on the grid, but I'm still doing the same amount of work. I'm just, I get to spend the time with my kids and I pretty much get to determine my own schedule, which is, which is kind of cool. And I get to learn new skills but at the same time walmart's still getting all my money it was getting all my money then that i wasn't spending on utilities and it's getting all my money now so has walmart become the new company store i these the prices there they keep going up and i know that the talking heads and the politicians when um when we go into civilization and I'm listening to the radio or, heaven forbid, I see some TV and I see that clown Joe Biden and he's talking about inflation is down. I don't know what that guy is talking about, but all the prices I've seen have gone – they've been going up and I don't see them going down. And I've probably talked about this before. My kids love to eat grits and grits is a southern thing, I guess. Um I grew up eating grits. I don't mean every day. I mean, we had grits every now and then with just, I mean, butter and salt on those. I've heard that people put other stuff on them, but that's all we ever put on it. But they're cheap. And that's one of the reasons why it was a Southern thing, right? Because it's just ground corn that's cooked, right? So that's one of the things that that my kids would eat. The, I don't even know how we came across it, that, that they would eat it, but they do. They They like to have grits for breakfast they like to have some sort of fried potatoes for breakfast and they love eggs usually scrambled which in our situation is the worst way to try to cook those because it just it, it's a mess to try to clean up so anyway the three things that my kids like right so now get this the grits when we started buying these grits i mean they were like a buck 25 for a, a 24 ounce container i think 24 ounce. Yeah, because it's not even two pounds. And it's a Quaker brand or something. But now it's like $2.70 or something. It just keeps going up. And and I mean, it was like $1.25, $1.50, whatever, when when this plandemic, scandemic, demic, pandemic, I think it, they call it. I don't really. Anyway, whenever all the uh, whenever the government decided they'd start shutting places down and not letting them work in uh, 2020, you know, prices started going up and, you know, government's throwing money at the problem, but not really, uh, you know, they weren't addressing the real problem, which was not letting 
people and businesses operate. Anyway, all of this money started chasing these uh, products, and things got out of hand. We knew they were going to. Um, I was laid off for 56 days, and uh, government couldn't throw enough money at me, so I, I took them up on it. I mean, I knew... Uh, you know, it was going to hit the fan sooner or later. So that's when we started investing in the water purification and the generators and and started honing up our skills of uh, growing our, our own food and, and such. Anyway, knowing that sooner or later, you know, somebody was going to have to pay the piper. And, and sure enough, here it comes. And, you know, the price of grits doubles, which sucks. Uh, I'm looking at eggs. We now we have we've never fed our our kids store bought eggs uh, or commercially produced eggs. We we were getting. I think we got eggs from from somebody, and when we found out the kids liked them, then we got our own chickens, and we were you know we were actually sometimes we were hard pressed to eat all of our eggs. Because we had so many of those. But I hear now that those are like six bucks a dozen. And, you know, that's bad enough. But we went to buy potatoes last week or the week before last. Maybe the week before last. It was $9.97 for a 10-pound bag. And I, you know, I thought maybe that was a mistake when Jennifer told me that that's how much it was. Or ninety six, $9.96. I thought it was some sort of mistake. I was like, you must be talking about like for 10 pounds of the big baking potatoes. And she's like, no, it was just a regular bag. Next time I was at Walmart, I looked. It was either $9.96 or $9.97 for a 10-pound bag of potatoes. Well, that was crazy. Now I see that the price is down to like $7 for a 10-pound bag, which is still kind of crazy, right? They're potatoes. But that's all right because we got it figured out and I can grow potatoes. It's not one of my favorite things to grow and you have to worry about potato bugs and that kind of thing. But I can grow potatoes. I can grow eggs or grow chickens who have eggs. Grits, I can't really grow grits. We did find a cheaper alternative, that a five-pound bag for $5. But... But all of that's beside the point. It, the The inflation keeps growing every month. But then these clowns, these politicians say that inflation is going down. No, the rate of inflation is slowing. It's not going down. The prices aren't reversing. So inflation isn't going down. When, when they kept saying that, I, I was trying to figure out what they were talking about, right? Because it, it it sounds great when this guy's up there saying, oh, inflation's going down. Well, what he meant was, is instead of it being 10% inflation this month, it's only 9% inflation this month. Well, damn, that's not going down. That's just, you know, it's not as much as it was. La the The rate of, of increase isn't as much as it was last month. And you start looking at these prices month over month and you're, you know, for a whole year and the Inflation is nuts, and they just want to pretend like there's no problem with that. But where is that going to end? I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't believe that that it can keep on forever without everything just 
crashing down. It's got to stop at some point, right? They're talking about the price of a new car is less than it was last year at this time. Well, you know what? I can't afford a new car. There's no way. Even if I were still working my corporate job, I couldn't afford a new car then. I mean, you know, my car is, what is it? It's 15, 18 years old. You know, I'm, I'm putting new motors in it and that kind of thing and waiting for the transmission to go out because, I mean, I know there are people, you know, that, that are mortgaged and, and uh, they have loans and everything up to their eyeballs. And, yeah, I guess you guys are driving new cars. Uh, me, I don't want to live that way. I'm not sure that anybody would give me any money anyway if I wanted it, but I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live under somebody else's thumb but but yeah here i am living under walmart's thumb right because if they charge nine dollars 96 cents for a, a 10 pound bag of potatoes what am i gonna do you know i, I pretty much gotta buy the potatoes at this point i won't have to at this point next year as long as everything goes well because i mean i should be able to grow you know a couple of hundred pounds of potatoes and uh, that ought to get me through an entire year. So we'll see, we'll see how that one turns out. So I think I'm going to call it quits here for the night. It's after 11. I've been at this for a while tonight and I still have to get up in the morning and I am hyped up on coffee right now. I'm still drinking coffee and it's after 11 o'clock. That doesn't sound too, uh, too smart, right? But I do appreciate everyone listening. It, it means a lot to me. I mean, I, I don't deserve it, yet I keep coming back. And uh, thankfully, some of you guys keep coming back time after time. If you do get anything out of the podcast, please consider supporting the podcast in some shape, form, or fashion. There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can let me know what you think about this episode or the podcast in general. Send me an email. It's easy. Frontporchanarchast at gmail.com pretty simple, right? Unhyphenatedanarchist at gmail.com. If you get a chance, text the link to the show to your friends. I know that doesn't sound like much, but that does make a difference there. If you're texting the, the link to the show, they're, they're tracking you guys. Send a, send a message to your friends through some sort of social media app with the um, with the link to the podcast in there you can you can just go to the um, to the Facebook page for front porch Anarchist and find the the link to the show there and just send it through messenger or whatever you know you have friends that need to listen to this right maybe they just need a little help realizing that there's something more to life than the old left right paradigm right maybe if you uh, if you'd like to support the show monetarily, you could buy an unhyphenated anarchist T-shirt. Yeah, you can either buy it directly from me, or you could buy it. Uh, there's a link here to that T-shirt on Teespring. I like making T-shirts, so I mean, if you want to send me a message telling me that you want one of those, that's that's great. If you want to get it through Teespring, that's fine. I end up making about the same amount of money off of either one of those. If you want to see some of those uh, unhyphenated anarchist t-shirts, just 
you know, look me up on social media, Facebook or Instagram or even MeWe, and you can see some examples there. And another t-shirt that I'm thinking about offering is an unapologetic voter t-shirt. And this would be for people to give to their friends who are just unapologetic voters, right? The people who think it's their civic duty to go vote. These are the people who are wearing the I voted stickers on uh, on election day, right? But there's also, you know, a picture of a clown on the t-shirt. And, you know, I can see it now. I can see, you know, just kind of doing it as a gag for somebody who you know and you like and who you can get along with, even though they're just full on statist, right? They're just unapologetic about it. I went and did my civil, uh, my civic duty today and I voted, you know, I paid my taxes and I did this and I did that, you know, and you guys get along and you're good natured about it. I could see you giving that to, you know, to your friend. I could also see someone giving it to like a coworker anonymously you know, leaving it on their desk or on the hood of their car or whatever, you know. And so they get this T-shirt that says unapologetic voter and there's a picture of a clown on it. So if you if you do buy one of those, either on Teespring or, you know, directly message me about that and you give it to somebody anonymously, I would love some video of that, like, you know, of them getting the shirt. And man, if you could get them to wear it, that would be even better. You know, I would share the crap out of that. If you're not interested in the t-shirt or decals, anything like that, you could donate to the show through Buy Me a Coffee. That's a pretty simple one. Uh, you know, any other way you want to, you could just message me and, uh, and donate that way. You probably have no idea how much any sort of a donation or, you know, buying merchandise from me, how much of a difference that makes in my life. Anything you can do for the show, if you get anything out of the show, I would really appreciate that. Okay, enough of all that. Until next time, dear listeners, be human, live free. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchast on Facebook.